Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church by Senior Pastor Mike DeBenke. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. and jump right in. We've got a lot to cover. And if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to go back online, go on the website, um, Facebook. You can just about go anywhere and find it nowadays. But uh, go back and see. We're, we're talking about, uh, I'm playing off one of my favorite movie um, franchises, The Bourne Identity, um, and all of those. And I'm really making that to, to hope, hopefully get us to identify with who we are in Christ, what it means to be a born again, Christian. What is your born identity now that you walk with Jesus? And we're going to dig into that today. But before we do that, I just want to ask you guys, first of all, pray with me for those victims of the tornadoes. I mean, that was just absolutely horrendous what happened. If you didn't hear about it, worst, worst tornado in history, I guess. Uh, it was on the ground for almost 300 miles, an F5 tornado, several people. I think it's up to almost 100 or maybe a little more now. Um, were killed in that. And then, you know, wherever that happened, there was tons of other devastation. Families were ripped apart. And it really is our time to, to, to let the light shine by reaching out in love to anybody we know that may be affected with that. You say, man, the world's getting dark. It is. But the good thing about when the world gets dark, it helps our light to shine brighter. So you turn the lights out. You don't have to have that big of a flashlight for people to see you. You just have to let it shine. So we're going to let our light shine. We're going to do whatever we can. We have some churches in that area that we're going to see if we can partner with to maybe send some relief to do something for those families. It's so important to be part of the answer and not just sit back and talk about the problem. Amen? So let's pray for them. We'll pray for our service. Father, we just thank you that today we declare we have ears to hear and a heart to receive. We're going to get everything you have for us out of this message. Father, I ask you to use me, use my mouth, use my brain to convey a message with your anointing that will speak to the hearts of the hearers. And we just thank you for that. We give you glory for helping the families, wherever they are, those who lost loved ones, those whose businesses were devastated, you show up in a big way. Father, you bring Christians, followers of Christ, across their path to let their light shine and help them to see there's, a, there's an answer through their despair. We ask this, we believe we receive it for them. And thank you that we're part of the body of Christ that you use and mobilize whenever tragedy strikes. So use us in any way that you see fit. Father, we yield ourselves, we yield our our time, our treasure, and our talent to you to bring glory to you and a blessing to the communities. We ask that. We believe we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Also, I want to thank everyone who who came or was online. Welcome, everybody online. We love you guys uh, for being a part of uh, the memorial service, the celebration of life for my stepmom, Judy. Um, she was, she was honored. I guarantee you, because I know Judy, she was up in heaven watching and, uh, she, she's looking down and I think she was very blessed by that. And all of you came out and supported us as a family. We just so appreciate it. And, uh, we love you for it. Also, um, the Christmas party, Pastor Chris said that was a first, but it was, it was definitely a, a hit. And if you weren't there, we missed you, but, um, we would, we would love for you to be at the next one. Amen. I also want to say a special prayer. Uh, Tanya, you ready? Are you ark? Bring that handsome boy up here. 
This is a member of the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office canine. He is a handsome boy. He's kind of a stepbrother to my dogs. What's up, big boy? And uh, they're going for training. And, and we, we have had the pleasure of letting them train in our facility. And, and they've come and, and done a lot for us. And uh, we're going to pray for him because he's kind of the role model for the other dogs are being trained. And this particular unit is trained to help people in times of crisis. They're therapy dogs. They're trained to be therapy for someone who's going through a very difficult time. How do you know that sounds like Jesus to me? Amen. So Tanya does that. She helps train the dogs. You're going, where are you going? We're going to Brevard County Sheriff's Bre Office. Okay. The agency over there. Okay. The so you guys stretch your hands towards Tanya and this, this handsome boy. Hi, Reggie. So, Father, we just thank you for your amazing creation. Dogs are such a blessing. And we ask you to bless Reggie and all the other ones who will be participating in this training. And they're able to do their jobs in such a way, Father, that comfort and peace will come to the children and the people that are affected by tragedy. And you'll be able to show your, your, your light through these animals and through their trainers. We ask this, we believe we receive it, and safe transportation there and back. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you. <laughs> He's awesome. Now everybody turn away from the awesome dog and look back at me. We got <clears throat> ugly today, and, uh, but we did it for fun. And I was going to be inspired the whole time with your Christmas. No, you don't got to put it on. I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> You're going to sit there and sweat. Don't worry about it. So, but today, as we move on, and, and again, we're talking about identifying. What does it mean when you're born again? Are you, are you just a Christian? Doesn't really mean anything. Doesn't really change anything. Are you born again to identify with who you are in Christ? God's got a plan for each and every one of you, and there's a world that needs you operating in the person. <laughs> you look good. In the person, in the person who, who God made you to be. And, and I'm hoping that this series at Christmas time, the king is born. You know, we, we know that. We celebrate Jesus. But that also goes into who we are in Christ. And I really would love it if you guys would just take a minute or take 20 minutes and uh, follow along with me, if you would, to see just, just how personal this can be. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, it says, Yet look at you now. Everything is new. We ended with this one last week. Although you were once distant and far away from God. How many of you can relate to that? And God was a long-distance call for me to get a hold of him at different times in my life. Now you have been brought delightfully close to him through the sacred blood of Jesus Christ. You've actually been united to Christ. And I use the illustration of grafting trees to, to cause them to be more fruitful and more productive. That's really what happens in our lives. When we accept Jesus, the Bible tells us that we're, we're united or we're grafted to him. And now we can produce a lot more. We can be a lot more fruitful because God is working through us and not just around us. Does that make sense? So when we do this and we get this true understanding and we have, you know, the word revelation, a lot of times we don't understand and we just kind of throw it out there. But a revelation is something that you don't read and learn. It's something that comes from God. It comes from God and it's revealed to you. And that, those kind of uh, revelations can't be taken away by circumstance. When you have a revelation of being a child of God and you know, man, I know I accepted Jesus, 
things change that day when all the hell itself tries to come against you. You've got a revelation. You can't be shaken. I'm a child of God. I may not feel like it. It may not look like it. But inside, I know I'm a child of God. And it helps you face the challenges of life. Amen? And that's really what we're trying to do is to get you to just kind of have a snapshot on the inside of it's me and God from now on. I'm never alone anymore. I'm never by myself. I'm never on my own anymore. It's me and God from now on. And when you have that, it, it affects the way you face life. It affects the way that you look at life and life's challenges. And when you realize your real identity is revealed as you identify with Christ, the more that you identify with him and you see his way of doing things, all of a sudden you start seeing yourself differently. And today I want to look at some steps. We won't get through all of them, but we'll get through several of them. I want to look at some steps at how we can identify with Christ's life, how we can embrace who we are in Christ, what it means to be a Christian, so that we can positively impact the world around us. Because they're in desperate need for us. They're in desperate need for us. And we're the answer. The church, born-again Christians, is the answer to this world's problems. God put us here for a reason to be his representatives, to be his example, to be his influence, to show people there's a better way. And it's not just a religious, you know, let's go to church and just sit there. And Okay, I did my duty. How long is he going to preach? Or, you know, what are we having for lunch afterwards? I don't know. What do you want to do this afternoon? No, no, no. You come here and you say, God, change me. God, make yourself real to me so I can go out and I can really impact people's lives. The people around you are getting scared. The worst tornado ever recorded just went through and killed a bunch of people. Stayed on the ground longer than ever, more powerful than ever, I guess. It's just crazy. People are getting scared. What are we going to do? Crime. Do you, I don't know if you saw it, but the, the uh, sheriff of Los Angeles County literally went on uh, an interview and said, do not come to Los Angeles. We can't protect you. If your plans are to come to Los Angeles, change them. If you happen to be here, stay inside. We can't protect you. That's the whole county. Crime has gone through the roof. We live in scary times if we don't have Jesus. If we have Jesus, we take it to the world. Let's take it to the streets. Let's take it to work. Let's take it to our friend's house. Let's let him know, hey, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The devil's up to something, but God is bigger than what he's doing, and he's doing it through me. Amen? we got to use this influence for good. So how do we identify with Christ's life? Number one, our vision. We look outward and not inward. We're not just focused on ourselves. We're not just looking at what's in it for me or how am I going to benefit? How am I going to get past this? What, what is happening around me? And to be sim sympathetic, to be empathetic to the things that people are going through. And when I say be outward focused, not inward, I'm not talking about ignoring sin in our lives. I'm not saying, well, you know, i got to focus on other people, so I don't need to deal with this. You know, everybody's got a this, you know. I could tell you what Chris's this is, but I won't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Everybody has a thing that we don't share, but we deal with. We know it's that old nature, that carnal nature trying to scratch its way out. Some of us hang on to this, whatever it is, because we're comfortable with it. This is, this is our comfort zone. And inside, we know, ah, I shouldn't be doing this still. You know, we know that we've grown past that, but that's who we identify with, and we're comfortable with it, so we hold on to it. And it literally stops us from going forward with the plan of God. 
It, it, it literally dwarfs what God wants to do in our lives. And we just got to someday get bold and say, you know what? I don't have to identify with that anymore. I don't have to be the person I used to be. I can be the person God created me to be. And it all starts from being focused outwardly and not just selfishly inward. Again, deal with sin. If you've got sin in your life, if you've got this that's holding you back, deal with it. But I'm talking about a vision to be able to see other people and what they're going through. To be touched by their situation and not just be blinded by it. Amen? So, and, and I'm not saying it's easy. It's not. But it's something that we can do. And I believe that, that by having this vision, it will help us make a difference in the world. There, there's, there's, there's so many people that are given gifts and talents and abilities and, and their personality can make such a difference, but it's muted because they're only focusing on themselves. You know, our praise and worship team today, I thank God for the gifts that he gave them. And then I thank God that they had the heart to do what it takes. And it's not easy. They're here practicing during the week. They're here early in the morning practicing. They're going through, you know, new technology. They got to, you know, there's just so much. And it's bigger than just the ones that stand here. Those guys in the back do a lot. I'm so thankful that our worship is not based on me. We would be sad. I mean, it would be horrible. God did not give me a gift of music. But he did you guys. And everywhere, where's Lisa and everywhere? Is Lisa still in here? Is she working? There she is. There she is. Where's Kanisha? Is she in here? Kanisha, all right. You guys, I'll tell you what, you make it possible for us to enter the throne, the throne of God with, with thanksgiving because we're not distracted by my voice. So it's so important for us to let those gifts come out. Amen? And I believe that by living on our God-given destiny, we can affect the world around us in such a positive way. And every time we do it, it makes our life better. We don't do it for that, but the benefit is, by being a, a tool in the master's hand, it makes my life better. It'll make your life better by letting God use you to impact the world around you. Does that make sense? There's, there's things that happen, like, I don't know about you, but if you ever got something in your eye, like an a eyelash or a, you know, a speck or something like that, you have to stop what you're doing immediately, and you have to address that. You can't move forward. You know, like Donna, we were cutting this tree that she planted as this little cute little stick plant. Well, it turned into a Godzilla tree. It was terrible. It was giant. It was leaning over, killing other trees. It looked like a monster out there, and she hated it. But the problem was every time you cut a little branch or something like that off, this white, thick, milky stuff would pour out of it. And it was so sticky and it was disgusting. So we just stayed away from it. The tree, you know. But one day I got brave. I think I was brave. But anyway, I got brave. And I went out and I said, I'm going to cut that down. I'm going I'm to do this for Donna. So I started cutting it down. Had my chainsaw. Cutting this thing down. The white stuff is flowing. It's getting everywhere. My chainsaw's gumming up to where it won't work. It was horrible. Donna saw me out there and she was so blessed. She goes, I'm going to help you. She came out there and she started holding branches and stuff. But it was hot. We were hot out there. And as she's holding branches and then she would go like this, you know, that stuff got in her eyes. And it got to the point where her eyes were on fire. She couldn't see at all. She was completely not, she was blinded because her eyes were watering so much and she had so much junk in them. Where I literally had to lead her into the house. We tried to wash out, wouldn't come out. This stuff was like glue, super glue in your eyes. And I had to take her to the emergency um, urgent care. And they had to open her eyes, you know, like real big and put this blue stuff in it and take a swab on her eyeball 
and try to clean this thing out. Why? Because she couldn't move forward because her vision was impaired. We've got to have clear vision if we're going to stay on course, if we're going to do what we're supposed to do. And maybe yours isn't tree sap from a, a Godzilla tree, but maybe there is something. And maybe you're the only one that knows it. But it's impairing your vision for who God called you to be. It's stopping you from stepping on the path and fulfilling the plan because your vision is impaired. And I want to encourage you, you need to get that taken care of as fast as you can. I believe God wants to give us vision to not just see what's, what's it, what we have made important, but what he's made important in our life. You know, I'm going to show you a couple pictures. And uh, these pictures are not to uh, defame the people. It's just to make a point. And they're celebrities, so that's the price you pay. Anyway, so or th- th- this story takes place on the red carpet. You know, as celebrities are invited to go on the red carpet, that's a big deal. And they're focused on it, and they're thinking, they're feeling really good about it. But they kind of lost sight of what was going on around them. And it really made it look a little bad. Can you put those pictures up? That's Conway and Kim walking by. And that's, um, I forget her name. She's a comedian. Amy Schuler, And uh, she literally did a face plant right in front of them as they're walking on the red carpet to have their pictures taken and go into the event. And... <clears throat> They just kept going. I mean, they didn't stop saying, hey, can I help you? They're just like, they see your face plant, and they just, you know, and she's like, what's going on? I'm not saying it's bad, because I think every one of us do that at some degree, where we're just so focused on, on what's working for us and what we want, we don't see the troubles and the problems that people around us are having. And I don't believe that lines up with our identity in Christ because he was focused on helping those around him, not advancing himself. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I got, I got a real kick out of that, to be honest with you, a much bigger kick than you guys did. So um, anyway, you know, I, I, I think it would help if, if we looked at our possessions and our influence and, and the way that we reach the world. And we don't just start on the red carpets for all the world to see. We actually start in our home. We actually start this in our home with those closest to us and then let it ripple out to the world around us. In Matthew 25, Jesus said this. He said, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. In verse 40, it says this. And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Because when Jesus made this statement, the disciples that were following him, they said, Jesus, when were you ever in prison? When were you ever naked? When were you ever hungry that you didn't have food? And his point was, it's not just me. It's the world around. And if you'll make an intentional decision to be a blessing to those around you. We're doing it unto him, and we're also acting like him. You know, Jesus was like that. He's walking along, and he sees a funeral, and, and this woman's son has died, and he doesn't just let it go by and tilt his head, and oh, I feel for you. He went over, and he literally raised the kid from the dead. He wanted to make the situation better. Now, you might not be able to raise somebody from the dead, but I guarantee you, if you go there with a sincere, sincere heart, 
and you let God lead you, you can make any situation better. And people need that. They need things to get better. Amen? In Matthew 25, 45, Jesus also said, and he will answer, I tell you the truth, when you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. So he puts a, he puts a pretty high priority on being a blessing to those around you. And, and I don't know if you remember, I can remember times in my life where someone helped me. They, you know, they, they did something for me. I, I can actually remember a few where it not only did it change my day, but it changed my week, it changed my month, it actually changed my life. I had a boss when I was 18 who, who saw more than I saw in myself, and I was just living life, having a good time, party hardy, you know, let's, let's do this till, till we hit the wall. And he came and he spoke into my life, and he told me he saw something more. And it completely changed the way I saw myself. And I 100% believe I wouldn't be here today if I hadn't heard what he had to say that day when I was out working in a lot. And I'm telling you, you don't know what influence you have. You don't know the effect you might have on somebody. But I guarantee you, as you do it as, with the leading of God, it's going to make a big difference. Amen. Amen? It's going to make a big difference. So just, just be mindful of that. Just be thinking about it. Let your vision be more than just what's in front of you and what's for you. You know, one thing I do is um, I, I, I just I have a heart for homeless people. God put on my heart many, many years ago. And uh, like there's time I'll, I'll have shirts, I'll have shoes in my car. And I pull up because a lot of times those are things that they need. I, I pack bags sometimes that have snacks and, and treats and, and things in it. And you may say, well, preacher, what do you think that's going to change? How's that little bag of food going to? I'm not looking to change their life with a bag of food. I'm looking to tell them their life matters to somebody. And that I did this on purpose for you because you matter to God. And I believe with that, God can also bring other people, the rest of us, in some way to affect people's lives and let them see that God's got a plan for them too. Just because the world or their own plans gave up on them doesn't mean God gave up on them. And I think, it, I think it's important. And yours might not be homeless. Maybe, maybe it's somebody else. Maybe it's, maybe it's people that have been battered. Maybe it's people that have been abused. I don't know what it is, but I know God's got something on the inside of you they need. And until you get your eyes just on you, get your eyes off just on you, and get it on those around you, you're never going to be effective being the person God created you to be. Make sense? All right, Pastor Mike, sounds like you're uh, getting on me. I'm not. Number two, and then we're going to close for today. How do we identify with Christ's life? Number two, our words. Our words are so important. Our words should align with Jesus' words. We should bless and not curse. Our words are so powerful. They're so powerful. Words in themselves are powerful. God shows us that in creation. God looked out in the midst of darkness, and he said, light be, and light was. All of creation happened because of God's word. Words have a creative force that's attached to them, and it goes out. Whether we mean it or not, whether it's on purpose or not, our words make a difference in people's lives. They make a difference in our lives. And Jesus showed us through example how important this was. We don't just communicate with words. We create with words. Your world's created by what you say over it. Nothing ever works for me. I'm so depressed. People don't like me. My boss hates me. Those things are going to happen because you open the door for it. You actually create an expectation on the inside of you because of what you're hearing. And you trust yourself more than anybody else. You're going to believe yourself. So when you're saying these negative things over yourself, you actually condition yourself for it to happen in your life. And God, and, and, and example through Jesus, he's showing us it's so important to be decisive what we use for our words. Words can do amazing things. They, 
They can build up friendships. They can build a marriage. They can build a home. They can build a spouse. They can build a child or they can destroy it. Parents, your words are so powerful over your children. You're literally helping create their identity with what you say over them and the tone you use to say it. And you need to be accountable for every one of those words. Accountable to who? I don't have to be accountable to you. No, be accountable to yourself. You were given the privilege to be a parent. Use the grace that God makes available to be the best parent you can be because your kids need it. And your kids need, or the world needs your kids to grow up and be the people God created them to be. And that's not going to happen without you using the, the leverage God gives you with the words you speak over them when they're young. It'll make all the difference. Does that make sense? I know words can, can be so hurtful. You know, if I ask you, think back to a time in your life when somebody's words hurt you, you know, you could probably, you could probably picture that person's face right now. You, you probably can remember where they were. You can remember the setting when it happened. Matter of fact, those words, if you're not careful, can become the loudest words in your life. And you can actually let their words shape your identity. Words are so powerful. But like with Paul Berglund, my boss, I let his words, and I focused on those words, and I, I let those words become louder than all the negative words, and it helped me to be the person God could use to declare the gospel to as many people that will listen. It helped me be who I was created to be. He didn't know he was doing that, but he was. And we can do that in someone else's life. When we identify, when we, we understand what we're born to do, what is our born identity? To be like Jesus. Amen? You guys with me? And as we do this, guys, I'm telling you, we can make this world a whole lot better. We can make it a place that, that, that you know, God's, God's glory shines. I'm going to close with a scripture. Luke 6, 27. It says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies. What? No, no, no. That's the, let's take that out of there. That's not convenient. That's, that's, not, that's not warm and fuzzy. I don't want to do it. Love your enemies. Do something wonderful for them in return for their hatred. That's right. That's just crazy talk. Really? I, you really think God doesn't know what he's saying? He says this for a reason. It's in there for a purpose. Return for their hatred. When someone curses you, bless that person in return. When others mistreat and harass you, accept it as your mission to pray for them. When somebody else abuses you, God says accept that as your mission. Remember Mission Impossible? How they give them the little thing and uh, your mission, should you choose to accept it. It's up to you. Are you going to choose to accept this? Are you going to choose to accept the mission that God's given you? To pray for them. Our identity in Christ demands that we be a blessing to those around us in spite of what they do. Pastor Mike, they don't deserve it. Neither do you. Let's just be honest. But God's instructing other people to be a blessing to you when you haven't been so great either. And y'all know there's been those days where you haven't been so great, right? But God's telling somebody else to do it for you. It's the way it works. And as we do this, it makes our world a better place. More people will come to Christ because they see our light shine in the midst of the darkness. And they'll understand there's got to be something more than just this because of the way that person treated me after the way I acted towards them. It's really, it's really the way that you preach. You may not ever stand behind one of these, 
But you preach the gospel the way you treat people. You preach the gospel the way you respond to people in their time of need. You let them know whether God's real to you or not by what you do. You don't do it to get saved. But there's some things we should do because we are born-again Christians. Christians means Christ-like. It means we've embraced our identity with who we were born into, which is Christ. We're grafted with him to make a difference. The world should not just be comfortable coming to a room and getting a, a, a comforting, guilt-washing message and then walking out not letting it change a thing in our world. We should be compelled to go out and say, I've got to be different because God's on the inside of me. And people need what he's placed in me. And I'm not going to let myself get in the way of them receiving what God's put in me. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I want to encourage you guys, bow your heads, close your eyes if you would. Please let the message today resonate with you. Consider it. Take time today to just kind of disconnect, maybe five minutes even, and just say, God, what, what are you saying to me in that message? He's talking to every single one of us. I promise you that. But what is he saying to you? What does he want you to embrace? What does he want you to identify with? Because I guarantee you there's people right around you in your immediate circle that need that. And God is leading you to be that so they can be introduced to him in a positive and powerful way. Not just telling them what's wrong with them, but showing them that God loves them enough to put you in their life with the gifts he's given you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're following us on the stream today, I encourage you to go ahead and close your eyes, bow your head. And, and, and just, just kind of do a self-inventory real quick. First of all, do you know Jesus? Have you allowed him to come into your life? Do you identify with what it means to be a Christian? Are you embracing your born identity? Or really your born again identity? If not, then I want to encourage you to stop, open your, your heart, and allow him to come in and be the God he wants to be to you. He's not here to judge you. He's not here to condemn you. He's here to love you, to heal you, to bless you, to fix you if you need it, and to put you on the path he has for you for life that is going to be so fulfilling as you walk with him. So if you're in here today and you've never made that decision, I'm going to ask you in just a second to raise your hand, and then we're all going to say the same prayer so you're not singled out. I'm not going to have you come down. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. This is between you and God. The reason I ask you to raise your hand is so I can see who raises their hand and I can be praying for you. And I'm here for you. If you want to talk, if you have a question, if, if, if there's anything, we're here as a church for you. But this moment is just between you and God. And if you're online, you can do the very same thing. If you're here and you and are online, you want to receive Jesus today, you say, you know what? This is something I know in my heart is missing, and I want to receive this. Is that you? Anybody? Can I see your hand? I see your hand. Anybody else? Just take a minute. Just, just make sure you're where you want to be with God. Some people say, I see your hand. Amen. Some people say, I'm so far from God. You don't have to be. God's just a step away. If you'll just open up and turn to him, he's right there. And there's nothing you've done that is bigger than the love and sacrifice he's made for you. So don't think, well, I've, I've messed up. No, anything you've done is forgivable because of the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made. He was completely pure and holy, but he died the death of a sinner for our sins. So is there anybody else? We had two people raise their hand. I don't know online, but if you did, that's awesome. Anybody else? 
It's going to take a second. All right, we all raised our hand at one, two. Let's say this together as a church. Father, today, it's a new day. I'm opening my heart. I'm receiving Jesus Christ, your son, my savior, today. Nothing's going to be the same. I'm a brand new creation, starting now, according to your word. I believe in my heart. And I'm confessing with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. God is so good. He's so good. If you, in your little evaluation, realize, well, I know I invited Jesus in my heart, but I'm not where I should be, just draw close to him. Just, just pull on what he's made available. There's brothers and sisters here in the church, or you can contact us online, email, phone call, whatever. We're here to help you with that. God doesn't leave you alone, and he doesn't leave you lost to yourself. There's a way for you to get close, to get where you want to be, and to get past whatever the roadblock is that's holding you back. Amen? So I appreciate you guys. I love you. Um, we're going to do a couple of things real quick. The, uh, gee whiz, we're going to do the, uh, the ugly Christmas thing, right? Who's in charge of that? Are you? You look like you are. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I can throw that stone because I wore this today. Actually, you look good in yours. That's not fair. So anyway, we're going to do that. Also, we have a, a drawing for two tickets to the jazz concert. I, guys, if you've never been to a jazz concert, you need to come to this. Because these guys are, are, are pro at it. I mean, they're, they're pro classification and they're really good at it. And a jazz musician and singer can bring more out of music than any other genre. I mean, they just, they, they're good at it. You've got to come and check it out. They're fantastic, It's, it's yeah. uh, the 23rd. The 23rd, the eve yeah. of Christmas Eve All at right. 6 p.m., okay? There you go. Remember yeah. that. All right, we got those tickets. If you do not have a ticket and you are wearing your swagger, raise your hand. We'll get you a ticket real quick. Alyssa, Alyssa needs a ticket. Who knows? You might, it might be $100. $100. Oops. We're giving 100 bucks away? Yes, we're giving $100 away. Who approved That's that? Gift. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's Pastor Donna. She's ready. Hey, oh. baby, bring me the money. Bring me the money. Show me the money. All right, oh. I'm going to hold it out here so you can put your faith forward. Well, right? Pastor Chris is giving it. Let's give away more. No. <laughs> All right, here we go. Woo, woo, woo. Okay, let's give it a little shake here. All right, Pastor Mike. I'm going to pick up you read it. I'm going to read it. There we go. Because for some crazy reason, I'm the same age as old people. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> you're good. Three, four, eight, six, eight, seven. Hey, All right. Come on down. The price is right. Oh, look how nice this is. This is a, a reindeer sticking we, its tongue out. We how need cute. somebody to take a picture. Anybody got a camera? I don't have my glasses. Oh, he's the same age, too. Yes, it is correct. Good job. Anybody got a picture? Chris? Yeah, Pastor you want to take a picture? Or? Let me step down yeah, there. No, All the way, like looking tall. <laughs> Hear that? Abuse. 
Awesome. Awesome, awesome. All right. Yeah. Now, we're going to also pass out the rest of the tickets for anyone who wants to participate in the drawing for these jazz tickets. So if you do not have a ticket and you would like to win tickets to this event, go ahead and raise your hand. Woo-hoo! Chris, yeah, can it's you a help good him? date night. Some people over there. Oh, yeah, we got loads of people. Awesome. Here, share, share the tickets. Raise your hands, guys. Anybody wants a chance to win? Maria wants one. Yeah, keep your original ticket. Yeah. Yeah, keep your original ticket. If you need a ticket, though, because you didn't come in your swagger, that's what this ticket is. Yeah, if you already have a ticket for your... Um, Sweater, um, you don't need a new one because we're just going to put all the new ones in here. Yes. So. No, you hold on to that Hold on one. to that ticket. Yeah. yeah, hold on to your original yep. ticket. You don't need a new ticket if you got one for your sweater. Yeah. So if your ticket's already in here, you're good. You're good. Boy, that $100 went fast. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Whoever thought you'd get paid to wear that? Right? This is the official ticket right here. Oh, cool. Hello. Okay, awesome. Oh, you dropped something. You want to dump it in here? Oh, yeah. Go ahead and dump them in He's here. He's thinking, sure, I'm going to win now. No. <laughs> yep, we're mixing them up. Boom, boom. Give it a good tussle. Two tickets. Who's ready? Oh, yeah. Oh, you dropped one. Oh, did I? Yep. Now, you want to talk about not looking tall. Look at this. <laughs> I'll get down. There you go. <laughs> All right. You guys ready? Okay. All right. The winner is 348717. Maria! Awesome. Here you go. Way to go. That's two tickets. Awesome. Woo-hoo. Yeah. You, can, you can bring a date or a friend. Bring somebody. Or a pastor. Or a pastor. No, I just... <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right, y'all. This was a wonderful service. Amen. I'm just going to say we want to close the service by honoring and worshiping God. Uh, it's an opportunity if you want to tithe and uh, bring your offering to the Lord. You could do it online. You can do it in the back. You can do it in the bucket. Uh, if that's something that's important to you, and when you get to know Jesus, you identify what it means to be a Christian, it becomes important to you to be part of what he's doing. So we want you to do that. Father, we thank you for an opportunity to participate in what you're doing in the world, not just with our gifts, but also with our time, our treasure, and our talent. Use us to let your light shine and bring salvation to a lost and hurting world. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great day. This is the end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook. Facebook.